to infinity and beyond. Many of us know this phrase and its character, Buzz Lightyear, from the Toy Story movies. Recently, Disney released a prequel movie called Lightyear, which is the backstory of the popular character Buzz from the Toy Story franchise of movies. As many here may know, the movie has had a lot of controversy surrounding its release to the public. And it doesn't seem to have been received as well as previous Toy Story movies have. One of the controversies of the movie is that Buzz Lightyear is the um, is not voiced by Tim Allen, which is the voice that many of us know accompanying Buzz Lightyear. And I'll let you delve further into the controversy of why or why not he may or may not be the voice of the character. But the main takeaway that I want to focus on is that the voice is not Tim Allen. While the poor performance of the movie at the box office may have to do with the controversy over a lesbian kiss that was included in the movie, at least some of the poor performance has somewhat to do with the beloved Toy Story character not having the same voice and character, Tim Allen, that brought Buzz to life for so many years for all of us. While we notice that in the Lightyear movie, we also notice this in our life. We notice when something is missing that's normally there. We're all tempted to believe that our absence at an event or a function, we often believe that sometimes if we're just not there, it's not going to matter if I'm not there. We are tempted to believe that it doesn't matter if we're there or not. This same temptation is not exempt in the life of the body of Christ, the church. Let's look at what Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 16 has to uh, say to us. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. And in verse 7 of chapter 4, he continues by saying, But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, talking about Jesus here, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended high, higher than all the heavens in order to fulfill the whole universe. In order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Would you join me in prayer as we continue? Father God, thank you for who you are, that you truly are good, as we just sang about, even when life is not, you are good. Father, we are grateful for your word that we have this morning to reflect on, that it's not just a bunch of letters on a page or on a screen, 
but they are the avenue through which your spirit can speak to us this morning. They are alive if we allow them to be. If we allow you to work in our heart and to root out the things that are not life-giving in order to fill it with the things that are life-giving that we find in your son, Jesus. Father, this morning as we reflect on this passage, we ask that you translate it to the details of our lives and where we need to hear it and where we need to hear your good news for us today. Father, it's by the power of your spirit and through your son, Jesus, that we pray this. Amen. We're continuing today in a series of messages focused on images of the church that we encounter throughout the Bible. Mike Bowers has recently covered how the Old Testament book of Daniel describes the then coming church as a kingdom, the in process of being built up tangible expression of God's kingdom here on earth. And last time, Mike covered how the New Testament letter of the Ephesians, which we just Uh, took one look at, describes the church as a family, as heavenly citizens belonging to God's family and all the privileges that come with being a part of God's family. Today, we're going to focus on Ephesians once again, but look at the image of the church as a body, the body of Christ. A month or so ago, Julia and our kids went to Illinois to see family, and I hung back here for a while to do some work and to do some things in our house, and then toward the end of their trip, I flew out to Illinois and met up with them, and then we all drove back together. And while I was there, and they were, while I was here and while they were there, I got to interact with them over FaceTime and text messages and phone calls, but... For me, it was not the same, right? There's just something that was missing in our family unit. Our family body just wasn't the same. Like, I had contact, but they weren't here. And the same with them, right? Like, they could contact me, but I wasn't with them. So the dynamic was different as well. Our presence in a bodily unit matters. As much as we are tempted sometimes to think that it would be good for some members to be absent or cut off from a body... As much as we are tempted to think that it doesn't matter if we ourselves are present, the reality is that it does matter. The same is true of our experience in the body of Christ. Throughout Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul describes the church as the body of Christ, meaning that collectively we are, for good or bad here, the flesh and blood representations of God's body here on earth. Now, it's nothing of ourselves that makes us this body, though. I think often we're tempted to believe, like, well, it's, it's something of me that makes this the body of Christ. And no, it has nothing to do really with you. You are the body, and you're willingly giving yourself to it. But it's God who's doing all the work to make it his body. It's only by Christ gifting his presence in and through each of us, by his spirit living within us, that we are able to represent Christ in his life here on earth. Because it's his body not our body. But even though we have Christ's spirit dwelling within us, we can still be tempted to believe that sometimes our presence in Christ's church doesn't matter. We are tempted to believe that things will go on if we're not present, if we're absent. Things will go on. It won't matter. We can believe that our participation in the body of Christ simply doesn't matter. But God's word reveals a different perspective. In Ephesians 4, we encounter that our presence and participation in the body of Christ matters Quite a bit. We encounter that our presence, our participation, our service to the body of Christ impacts how we and how every other member of the church experiences Christ's love. 
We encounter that our capacity to experience Christ's love is determined by our capacity to serve Christ's church. Our capacity to experience Christ's love is determined by our, by our capacity to serve Christ's body. A few years ago, before uh, Rin, our youngest uh, child, was born, we traded our compact sedan in for a minivan. Yes, a minivan. At the time, our car worked fine for us, though. And our other car worked to fit all of us and get us where we needed to go. But our capacity to do certain things was limited. And once we added a third child into the mix, that car would not have the capacity that we would need. Because it wouldn't fit three car seats. I don't know if you've ever tried to find a vehicle that fits three car seats. That's a narrow window. So while our car was good, we didn't get to experience what the capacity of our now minivan affords us. The same dynamic is true in our relationship with God. Many of you may already be united to God through faith in Jesus. And in doing so, you have experienced the love of Christ. But is there more of Christ's love that you could still experience? I submit to you that Ephesians 4 suggests that there is. The Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus, notes in verse 13 of chapter 4 that there is a maturity in Christ that is filled with the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And later in verse 16, the content of this maturity or growth is described as love. And it's pointing there to the love of Christ. That's the fulfillment of what the love that is talking about there is. What we encounter here is that Paul is telling the church in Ephesus that there is a greater degree of God's love that we all can experience. Our capacity for experiencing Christ's love is expandable like a balloon. My kids really like water balloons and they beg us all the time to be able to use them. And it's like, oh, the cleanup, like who, I don't want to do that. But a water balloon with a little water can be a little enjoyable, right? Like, there's some water there, can still get somebody wet. There's some enjoyment there. But if a water balloon is filled to capacity, now there's some enjoyment, right? Like, the person really gets wet, and you get the enjoyment of seeing them get wet. Because it can expand, right? The balloon doesn't just have to stay small. I think Christ's love is like this. Christ's love is infinitely expandable. Let that sink in for a moment. Infinitely expandable. Meaning there is always more of Christ's love for us to experience. It never runs out. Once we think we fully encounter God's love, we soon realize that there is more of his love to still experience. So how can we experience this greater capacity of Christ's love? Well, God's word in Ephesians 4 connects this to serving his body, serving the body of Christ, serving those in the church. If you've been to any potluck or like get together with other people before, that experience can be drastically altered if only a few people bring food or drink to that get together, right? Like say the host provides, like here's, I'm going to provide the meat. And say another person brings something for you all to drink. And then another person brings a dessert. Well, you have some food there, right? You had some meat, a drink, and a dessert. 
while it would fill us, it doesn't have the same experience that a lot more elements added to that meal would provide it, right? It's, it's lacking. Like, there's still nourishment there. It's not, a, not that it's not there. But if more people contributed to it, it would be a lot fuller experience for everybody. The same is true in the body of Christ. The more we participate, the more we are present in the life of the church, the more we serve those within the church, the more enhanced the experience of the church, the experience of the body of Christ is for everyone. So how does this maturity that Paul mentions come about? The Apostle Paul notes in verse 12 that the body of Christ matures and is built up by each person in the church participating in works of service. By each person in the body of Christ serving other members of the body. To which you might be thinking, I don't have a way to serve in the body of Christ. I don't sing. I don't teach. I'm not a kids person. I'm not an administrator. I'm not a people organizer. I'm not a fill in the blank. But you know what? You may not be able to do all of those things. Although you may be surprised. I think the more you press into God, he may show you very much otherwise. So I wouldn't discount that altogether. But you can do something to help meet many of the needs within the body of Christ. Many of the things that aren't necessarily the upfront or noticeable things within the body of Christ. And you can because he has equipped each of us with a gift to serve the body. If you've ever got any kind of piece of furniture uh, shipped to you or from Ikea, is famous for this, right? Like you probably have a whole drawer full of Allen wrenches that you've never used since you've built that piece of furniture, right? I mean, who of us doesn't have a gazillion Allen wrenches because we put together a piece of furniture that came with a wrench? But the company that gave, you know shipped you the, the furniture, right, they wanted to equip you or fit you with the tools that you needed to put that piece of furniture together. The same is true in the body of Christ. God has equipped or fitted us with a tool to serve within his body. In verses 7 through 11, the apostle Paul describes how Christ has given gifts to every person. See verse 8 specifically. And these gifts are given to serve and support and grow and build up the church, Christ's body. But included within the individual gifts that Christ gives to each of us to serve the body of Christ, Paul also notes that Christ has given specific gifted roles, if you will, to equip or fit his church for works of service, for the members of the church to be built up. And these specific gifted roles are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. There's a whole lot that could be said of all of these gifted roles, but for our purposes today, we'll mainly focus on how they are roles in the church that help us focus on serving others by serving the body of Christ with God's word and helping the church to be built up through God's word. This past winter, I stumbled upon a docu-series on YouTube called Expedition Overland. I don't expect you to have seen the show before because there's a gazillion things you could be watching. But it's one thing I stumbled upon. And it's a filmmaker in Montana and a crew of his friends who retrofit trucks and SUVs to go on overlanding trips. And they've gone on trips all all over the world. But they're usually going off-road and on terrain that doesn't have a paved road. And so they have to have their trucks fitted to be able to do that kind of expedition. And part of being able to go on such experiences, these trucks have to be 
have parts swapped out and be, like I said, equipped or fitted with gear so that they can do these experiences. Some of those things are they need skid plates added, they need winches added, they need camping tops added, special tires, battery and solar systems, GPS systems, and there's so much more. And a lot of their channel is them putting all these different pieces on these trucks. The stock trucks and SUVs don't look much like their factory selves once they've been fitted for these expeditions. But the core guts of the vehicle is very much still there. But as you can see, they have been equipped to do much more than they would right from the factory. On their own, they couldn't do what they were, they were planning to do with these vehicles. But now that they have been fitted, they are able to do much more. This idea of being fitted is very much the same idea behind the term equipped that many Bible translations mention in Ephesians chapter 4. Just as these expeditions were gifted with well-fitted trucks, so also followers of Jesus, or the church, has been fitted by spiritual gifts from Jesus to prepare us to serve his body and the witness of his church within the world. Back to this group that does expeditions overlanding. Another reality that these expeditions um, are gifted with are specific gifted roles. On each expedition that these, uh, this group goes on, they usually assign a specific role to, to different people, and the role that that person has helps the rest of the group. So like one person may be, their, their responsibility is to help with navigating. Like that's their thing. They do the navigating. If they get off course, the whole group gets off course. Another person is fitted for planning stops and campsites. So like they do all that planning. And if they get that off, then the whole group is off on that way. Another is fitted for communicating. So they are responsible for communicating between all the different vehicles in their convoy. If they don't communicate, then no communication happens. Another is fitted for providing medical care or first aid. And you can see if that person doesn't do their job, the ramifications that might come from that. Another person is fitted for preparing food. Another per- person is fitted for dealing with mechanical repairs along the way. The point is that these are gifted individuals that help the other members of the group to do their part within the expedition. The same is true of those who help ground us in Christ, in Christ's way, and help us to live out our life within the church. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers of the church are gifted roles that help us then do our work of service within the body of Christ. How many of you have a device in your home that can do multiple things, but you only use it for one of its functions? In our home, we have a coffee maker that has the capability to perform multiple different functions. It can make coffee, but it can also froth milk and do all these different things. In fact, the other day I was looking at our coffee maker from the side, and I noticed this device on the back, and I was like, what is that? I've never even noticed that before, and it's it's a milk frother. And I mentioned it to Julia, and we both didn't even realize that this machine had this device, because we don't use it. <laughs> We benefit from the machine to make coffee for us, but there's so much more that we could benefit from it had it been utilized. In many ways, we are tempted to allow the church or the body of Christ to function this way, I think. We rely or expect that one or maybe a few functions of the church perform all the functions of the body, and yet they can't. They can't do that. They're they're made to do their thing, but there's other functions that are made to do other jobs as well. 
It's not that we don't encounter Christ's love from what the preacher or any other person's work in the church does. Like, you may be sitting there and you allow other people to do that work. And it's not that you haven't experienced Christ's love through that person's work. But if they're the only member of the body functioning, we are missing out on a whole lot more of Christ's love from the rest of the body of Christ. We are limiting our capacity to experience more of Christ's love, if you will. God has gifted the members of his church to serve one another. And in doing so, verse 16 highlights that we hold the body of Christ together by doing so. In our service to one another, we grow and build up the body of Christ. If we want to see the body of Christ grow, then we have to contribute to it. Specifically, it notes that we grow and build up the body of Christ by our contribution to loving as Christ loves. The verse concludes that this all happens as each part does its work. So showing the love of Christ involves serving in the body of Christ. Those two are linked together. The bottom line here is that we all have a way that God has gifted each of us to serve each other in his body. And as we serve, we help each other experience a greater degree of Christ's love. Which also means that we more loudly make the love of Christ known to the watching world around us. But we miss out on this greater degree of Christ's love if we aren't present, if we aren't participating, if we aren't serving those within the body of Christ. But implementing or applying those gifts requires our participation. Because we don't have to do it alone. In fact, we're supernaturally equipped or fitted to do this work by God himself. It's not something we just have to do on our own. We have this whole gift that God has given us to tap into and his spirit empowering us that has come to reside within us if we surrendered ourselves to him. But again, it requires our participation for all of that to happen. It is required for us to make Christ's body, to make his church a priority in our life. Being present in the church, participating in the church, or serving in the church isn't like participating in any other group or organization. It's different because the church is supernaturally formed. It's not like a group that a bunch of us humans get together and form. The church is different in that it's been supernaturally formed by God himself. We who follow Jesus are called by God and gifted by him to make it function. It's outside of us and we get to participate in what he has brought us into. And the church's functioning results in a supernatural result as well. The experiencing more of Christ's love, again, is not just something we make happen. It's something that God does in and through us. But that result doesn't happen if we aren't functioning as the interconnected body of Christ. A week or so ago, many of the muscles in my legs were tightened up, and I couldn't figure out what why that happened. It was just this weird thing. And it hindered me from doing a lot of functions on a daily basis for a few days because I need my whole body to function to experience the fullness of bodily life. We don't realize that though, until that part doesn't work like we want it to. And in some ways I think we are comfortable with allowing the church to function with just part of its body functioning. And we become so accustomed to that, that we forget that all these other parts aren't there or doing anything. But this same reality is true of the experience of the fullness of Christ in the church. Christ's whole body, the church, needs to function and interact with each other to make his body function the way it's supposed to. Right now, we are living in a time where many people have reached a fork in the road. Participate in the church or fill in the blank. 
and many are taking the fill in the blank. If asked why they aren't participating in the church, the answers may vary, but almost all have an excuse. I mean, we can make an excuse for anything, right? That's not really hard for us to come up with. But the reality is that we make time for the things that matter to us. We make time for the things that matter to us. Does the church, does the body of Christ matter that much to you? At the least, for you to experience a greater degree of Christ's love, then it will matter to you. Because the two go together. Just like food management and weight loss go hand in hand. If we want to lose weight, we make it a priority, right? If we want to experience a greater degree of Christ's love, then we make his body and serving within it a priority. But it's so much more than just your experience of Christ's love. When you, when you, when you, when you, when all of us aren't present, when we aren't participating, when we aren't serving within the body of Christ, we each impact the other's ability to experience a greater degree of Christ's love. Because members of the body aren't contributing. Our capacity to experience Christ's love is determined by our capacity to serve Christ's body. Our capacity to experience Christ's love is determined by our capacity to serve Christ's body. If you're not part of the body of Christ, that can happen by surrendering your life to Christ and following in His way. That can happen by embracing His life through faith in baptism. If you'd like to take that step, then I encourage you to go to clarencecc.org and message me or Mike or any of the others that you can do that through there and set up a time to look at taking that step. If you're already part of the body of Christ, where are you serving within it? Who are the other members of the body of Christ whom you are serving? It may not be up front here every week, but who are the, who are the members of the body of Christ that you are serving? Have you been sitting on the sideline and allowing just a few members to do all of the serving? What natural inclination has God gifted you that you can use to serve and bless another or more within the body of Christ? We all have a gift that God has given us if we surrendered our life to him. We all have a way to contribute. I would encourage you to look for any need and start there. If you're already serving, how can you help encourage and guide others within the body to get involved and serve? To find a variety of ways to begin serving within the Clarence Church of Christ. Again, go to clarencecc.org and that will help you take a step in that direction. The church is the body, the body of Christ. And our capacity to experience Christ's love is determined by our capacity to serve Christ's body. Our capacity to experience Christ's love is determined by our capacity to serve Christ's body. Would you join me in prayer as we close? Father God, thank you for your son and sending him to live among us and to die, to resurrect, to give us hope, to show us what the fullest way of life looks like. Father, thank you that you have welcomed us into your body, that you've called us into your body if we've surrendered our life to you. Father, you've invited each and every one of us to that invitation. Father, if for those who haven't taken that step, I 
ask that you would help them move and take that step to surrender their life to you and become part of your body. Father, for those of us who are within your body already, lead and guide us by your spirit to show us where we can serve. Show us where the needs are. Help us to reach out to the leadership or whoever it is that we need to reach out to to see where the needs of the church are. Help us to humble ourselves and allow you to work in and through us and allow you to do more than what we could ever imagine we could do just by ourselves. Father, lead us and guide us this week as we contemplate what your word has said to us today. It's by the power of your spirit through your son, Jesus, that we pray this. Amen.